welcome the Concordia Center for Spiritual Living. We are a New Thought spiritual community in Rhode Island that's dedicated to practical spirituality and activities that can empower you to create a life of abundance, health, joy, and meaning. As you listen to this recording of a recent talk given at the center, please know that wherever you are on your spiritual path, we are knowing God's highest and best for you. You know, what we have been talking about, we started last month, this light within the shadows, and this is following up what a, a few other topics that we've talked about. We've talked about this year, in March, we talked about cultivating authenticity, about making space for our real self to be shown, all under the umbrella of living out loud, right? Living from the inside out. So being our authentic self, making space for that. And you know, when we, we realized in our exploration, there are barriers that sometimes stand in the way of that authentic self being expressed. In the last month, we talked about the power of vulnerability, leaning into those parts that, that are wanting to be expressed, that authentic self that's wanting to be seen and known and, and is uncertain, but can we love ourselves enough to be willing to let our light out? Not knowing how the others may react or respond, but until we are willing and embrace that uncertainty to be vulnerable, then we really can't be fully seen unless we allow ourselves to be seen. And so we're continuing this month to take a look at, so what are those, those qualities, those, that stuff that stands in the way? I quoted Rumi, the 13th century Persian poet, the Sufi mystic, who he said, your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you've built against it. So this month, as we're talking about the light within the shadows, it is truly about embracing the all of us. The all of us, embracing that and welcoming those so-called barriers because they are here. They're bringing us messages and gifts and to support us to a deeper self-awareness, to awareness of who we are, to awareness of love's presence, to awareness that we're perfectly loved. And so in our human experience, and see, it's a habit, isn't it? You know, it's a human experience. Even the tone of my voice as if this was something to minimize. But in our wonderful human experience, spiritual beings having a spiritual experience as it is expressed in this physical expression here and that appears as duality. That's what we are. We're spiritual beings. I said this last week. We're spiritual beings having a spiritual experience. And how can it be a spiritual experience? Because it is what is, what is going on within our consciousness. It's what's happening within our hearts and minds. It's within ourselves that we're making meaning of the mystery of these apparent dualities of things that look like light and dark, good and bad, positive and negative, 
the lights and the shadows. And in here at Concordia, our, our primary principle is that of oneness. We teach that there is one power, one presence, one life that is perfect, whole, and complete. And call it God, call it source, universal intelligence. It's bigger than any name that we can pit, try to pit. Any, it's bigger than any box we can try to put it into. You know, I just laugh when people are so certain about what they know about God <laughs> and what God thinks. Because I can find somebody here in this room that might have a different opinion, and there, oh, there's a different thought of God operating in the mind of God. But as we talk about the shadows, some of that is us needing to learn how to unlearn our fear of the dark. Because we've been taught, we have been taught to embrace the light and avoid the dark. Be positive, don't be negative. I mean, right, isn't this the messages that we have we've been taught? That, that it, even though we teach oneness in this teaching and that we are one of that, we are one from that, within this one life, no separation or division, that somehow, if it's all God, that there are some parts that are less desirable than others. The parts that we may not like so much, that we may call dark, that that's to be avoided. And so we're going, we're swimming against the current, the, the societal current <laughs> to embrace all of us. All of us, including the warts and the so-called mistakes. Because it is these things that make us unique. It is these things that, that bring a unique expression into the world, and it's only through us with all of those so-called mistakes that this particular facet of the divine is being expressed in the world. So we've been taught that, to, that the, the dark should be something to be avoided, but as we continue our conversation this month, Light and dark coexist with one another. What? Night follows day. And what follows the night but day? I shared the, yet last week the yin and yang symbol. That Chinese symbol of Taoism where the swirls of dark and light and the light is within the dark there's not just an interplay between the light and dark. They're not just dependent on each other, but it is through that dance, through the contrast, that life is actually called forward, that greater life is called to express. And so if we're denying the parts of us that, that, we, that feel dark, that need to be hidden, those barriers to love's presence, then we're actually stopping ourselves from experiencing the flow of life. What's calling us forward? You know, when I was a kid, <laughs> my brother and I would often find ourselves in 
at nighttime, after dinner and after homework was done, we would find ourselves often in my mother's bedroom. See, there was a part of time when we were growing up, when we were younger, my mother had the opinion that children should not watch television unsupervised. There was a lot of censorship in our home. <laughs> Even books from the library got checked out by her before they got checked out. She loved us in the way that she knew how. But my brother and I, we looked forward to that time. You know, we'd be, you know, wet hair after, after having our baths and, and sprawled across her bed and just, just watching whatever she would allow us to watch. And on Saturday nights, oh, those were the fun nights because we got to stay up light, um, later. And those were the nights of, you know, Love Boat and Fantasy Island. <laughs> the plane, the plane, you know. Was I just the only one? I know there's a few of you. I know there was a few of you in here. And the home we lived in was ranch style. It was a ranch style home. And so my mother's room, her bedroom, and the den and the kitchen were on one side. And then my brother, his bedroom and mine were on the other end. And there was a living room and a hallway that separated. It gave her some peace and quiet. She didn't have to hear us, you know, from, from our end of the house. But on those evenings when it was time to go to bed... And here we had just spent all this time watching TV, and it's, we're excited, and uh, time to go to bed, kids. Boys, it's time to go to bed. Now go to bed. Now we had been in the, the room, and, and now as we walked out of her, her bedroom, the rest of the house was dark. Our bedrooms were at the end, on the other side of the abyss of that living room and that hallway. And while this wouldn't be such a big deal to us as adults, and maybe some of us in here, that would be a big deal. You know, phobias are real. <laughs> they do exist. But in our innocence, in our fertile imaginations, especially my mother loved her mysteries. Oh, she would let us watch Murder, She Wrote. Angela Lansbury. Oh, and she liked, what, what else was it that she liked? Um, Barnaby Jones, Matlock, Rockford Files, Columbo. <laughs> I'm dating it, right? You know, I can't do the eyebrow thing, but you know. You know, just one more thing. You know, just, just one more question. But those stories that we were so caught up there as young children planted ideas in our minds that here, looking into the abyss and the, into these shadows, the villains of the stories were there. That maybe the burglars or the murderers or those who were hiding in wait were there waiting for us in the dark. Yeah. Now, I was the older of us two, my brother and I. And so oftentimes, we both were having the same experience. My mother said, well, time to go to bed. Go to bed. But it's dark down there. Could you turn off the light? Just go. There's nothing down there. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to worry about. My brother would be like, you go. You go. You go. 
And I would have to summon up courage. And then out of a streak of bravery, I would run down the hall. I would run down the hall to flip on the light to show that there was nothing there so that we could make it to our bedroom safely through the shadows. (laughs) Oh, what vivid imaginations we have. But, you know, bringing that fast forward to the presence, what I'm talking about today is about us releasing our fear of the darkness. And while here as adults, we may not be, you know, we may not be afraid of the physical darkness, but there may be spaces within our hearts and our minds and our lives that we're afraid to explore venture. Things that have remained hidden, things that shadowy corners of our mind that have remained uninvestigated. I offered last week, you know, we're talking about shadows. What are shadows? These inner shadows are shadows of darkness that represent the deepest parts of ourselves, those emotions that can yield pain, grief, and sorrow. And those emotions, I would say, probably, I could ask if any of you looking forward to experiencing those, no one would raise your hands. But yet there are parts of our being that we, that may trigger pain, grief, and sorrow, sadness, that we avoid. And so what could be some examples of that? Hallways and living rooms that we're afraid to run through. Some of, for some of us, it may be repressed emotions, unspoken anger, grief, and sadness. That if we, if we let it out, if we actually tapped into it, that we are afraid that it would take us over or experiences that we've had in life of trauma where we were victimized or made to feel as a victim and to to walk down that hallway in our mind brings it back to life. What we we see on the screen of our minds, just as I was seeing on the screen of my mind, just imagining what was going on in the dark in our past traumas, If we explore them, we may be afraid to because they bring those images back to us. Beliefs that we have about ourselves that somehow negative beliefs that we have been convinced by ourselves or by others. Things that people have told us that that you're wrong, you're difficult, you're a mistake. Especially as I'm getting older. As time is, see, it seems like the older I get, and I know I've got a long ways to go, you know. You know, I've got a long way to go. But what I'm noticing is that time seems to move faster and faster. And the potential, the possibilities of regrets seem to stack on top of one another, unfulfilled intentions, unfulfilled desires, the things I said I was going to do and I didn't do, and I'm running out of time. Our prejudices, our prejudices and biases, those 
well, I haven't got any of those. We're so afraid to examine them. We all have them. You know, there's at least 150 cognitive biases that we have that happen boop, 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 without us even thinking about it, that we just assume. And we move forward with life. One of these I just found, I was just listening to this week, is just like, do you know that the person that is sitting to the left and to the right of you, nine, well, at least 90% of them, is convinced that they're smarter than you. Or at least they have a better understanding of things. <laughs> they have something they could teach you. Let me put it that way. We have biases that we're afraid to explore that because we may discover something about ourselves. And even denial. Denial of behaviors and addictions that may have us by the throat and we don't even know it. Why did I do that again? I said I wasn't going to. And I did it again. And I did it again. I'm not going to do it. And I did it again. And it's not only just hurting me, but it's hurting those around us. And the pain of that can cause me to want to distract myself where I don't even go. I don't even look down that hallway. Don't even allow myself to step into the living room of my own life. You know, even bringing these up, I know for some in here, even these ideas or thoughts it may bring ideas of, of things just below the surface. You may know of some dark hallways that you've been avoiding. Regrets. The times you've been a victim or maybe the times you've victimized someone else. And it just brings up too much pain. And so we don't. But I just want you to just take a moment and just breathe. Just breathe. Because the truth of this is this is all part of us. These are parts of us. And to try to deny this part over this part, the dark, pushing away the dark, I'm afraid of the dark, in exchange for the light, keeps the interplay, the dynamic, the flow of life from happening because there is something that is in that dark that is calling us, that the light is calling to us through the dark. The place of peace and rest, our bedroom, required us, my brother and I, to move through the dark. Ernest Holmes says that we are sitting in the shadow. We may not really believe that there is any sunshine, but the sun would be there all the time. It is there, but we must awaken to it. So even in maybe when we get triggered, and I, don't, I can't think about it, I don't want to talk about it, I prefer to, to do this or that or the other, to avoid it, get busy, keep a stiff upper lip, get back to work. The sunshine's still there, and it's waiting. But without going through the dark, we can't make it to the light. 
Consider this, what if we reframed our relationship to these pains? Or this idea of shadows, these ideas of darkness. You know, for eons, we have been taught to fear the darkness. And so it's natural. We're, we, it's natural. We have, as a race, and race consciousness, as a collective, we have received messages on how to respond and act to these things that we have been avoiding. What if we just allowed ourselves to pause long enough to say, maybe instead of avoiding it, there's a different way of relating to it. What if instead of a place within me to avoid, that it is actually a, a source, a, 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 just like the earth, just like the earth is dark and it receives the seed for something new to, to arise from it, that in this darkness, in these places, in what I've repressed, and what I've kept hidden, and what I've afraid, been afraid to let others know and to see about me, what I have avoided knowing about myself, that there is something that's waiting to be discovered. It's calling to us. Let us not seek the absence of darkness, but rather the courage to face it, knowing that the light is always within our reach. You know, this involves us doing our inner work, and that is our, that is our, our primary purpose here at Concordia is to equip people with tools for spiritual and personal transformation to make the world a better place. We are here with a mission to, to awaken humanity to their spiritual magnificence. And that means the all of us. That which we've called dark, that which we've called light. Because that duality exists within a greater whole. The all of us. You know, there was a time, and I can remember it. I remember the mental process of me going through it as a child of when I stopped being afraid of the dark. I remember it. I remember my mother saying, you, it's time to go to bed. Could you turn on the light, please? Because there was a hall light, not quite in our bedrooms. It was like at the three-quarter point. But even that was a challenge. Could you at least turn on the hallway light? Y'all are big boys. Y'all can do this. You can do this. You can do this. Those parts that we've avoided, we can do this. And, and I remember standing there in the, the hallway outside my mother's room, and, and that was on TV. What I'm imagining, there's no one else in the house. We would have heard the front door. I begin to inquire and begin to investigate within myself and, and actually bring, bring some sanity to the insanity as best I could as a child. To say, and I'm not alone in the house. I don't have to face this alone. If there's, a, if there's something to be afraid of, then I can speak up. I can yell. I can fight. <laughs> and there was a point when I just, it began, it clicked for me. When I recognized there wasn't a monster under the bed. 
You know, our fear of the unknown about ourselves and about others has been handed to us generation after generation. Cultural practices, even the language and the words that we use, our traditions, our behaviors cause us to stereotype and ostracize others, others that are different than us because somehow, in my, from my understanding, what I don't understand is something to be hidden, is something to be afraid of. What if that's not true? This is what we have been told. This is what we've been told, and it's a new day. If we are going to create a world that works for all, then we need to start within ourselves and question that those messages and truths that have been given to us, and if you're listening to the audio, that's an air quote, truths, these ideas and concepts that we've been told, you need to be afraid of this, this is wrong. You can't go there. Don't do that. We've been told to be afraid of going deep within yourself because, because we may lose control. In us unlearning fear of the darkness, it starts with us questioning the fear. Questioning it. Is it true? Is it even true? And how do I know unless I step forward? You know what that brings and, and invites to us curiosity. Curiosity. What's around the corner? What's waiting? What is there about myself that I don't yet know that's waiting to be explored? In our quest to unlearn fear of the dark, can we, instead of having fear, can we bring reverence to it. We honor the light. We sing and we talk about the light. But can we hold space for the darkness, knowing that without the darkness, the light has no meaning? Can we bring reverence to us? Now, in a society that is such as ours, where we have learned and have practiced millennia, patriarchy, domination, dominating others, using power in order to control and keep others in their place so that I can feel better. I'm going to control you so that I can earn more. If we're going to create a world that works for all, these old systems, we need to be willing to question them. Shadow places are not places to be feared, but they are reveal, they might, we might go in there and, and discover chaos, but guess what comes out of the chaos? Order. Order comes out of the chaos. You know, there's in physics, chaos theory. Have you ever, have you heard of this? There is order in the chaos, but of our fear of the chaos and keeping it at bay, that chaos may show up sideways in our own lives. 
unexplored chaos and dark in our life will come out as, as, as even violence. It will come out as domination. It will come out as, as using our words in ways that don't support and affirm ourselves or others. Harm. But if, what if we practice what we've been talking about this year, vulnerability? <laughs> Surrender. Opening our hands and releasing the need to control and to be, bring wonder into the present to discover. I know this is from last year, but I'm bringing it in it now. It's still relevant. When you bring wonder into the now, the now can become full of wonder, even in the dark. In the dark. The dark is good. Think about it. The darkness is a space of fertility and creativity. It's reminiscent of the unborn fetus. In its mother's womb, there's a safe and dark haven. And here to that unborn fetus, what do you think the light may feel like? The light may be something to be afraid of or to cause tears or, or to, to cause outbursts and, oh, my world is upset. But what if it's not either or? It's not. It's this and. And can we learn to embrace the darkness within ourselves like an unborn baby finding comfort and warmth in the mother's womb and like that baby, we will adjust to the dark. If you spend enough time in the dark, you begin to adjust to it. You begin to see more clearly. So in conclusion today, the invitation is for us to acknowledge the fear. This is not to push it away. Fear is a feeling tone in our bodies. It's an energy that our nervous system doesn't know what to do with. And we interpret the unexplored places in our life as it feels fearful. Because we don't know what to do with it. Lions, tigers, and bears, oh my. Our minds don't know the way through or a way around but if we acknowledge that, yes, I'm feeling fear. Yes, I'm feeling sad. Yes, I'm feeling grief. Yes, I am pissed off. And not practice spiritual bypass and say, it's all good. When there's something in us that is saying, there is order in this chaos that's wanting to be known. There's a part of you that's wanting to be explored. Come, come, come. And together let us birth into, into life the light that is there. I was listening to a song yesterday, and I loved it by Wilder Woods, and he sings in a song, Be Yourself. He says, no secret has the power to diminish your worth. There is no darkness. There is no story. There is no past. There is nothing within us that we have, may have repressed, neglected, de denied, pushed aside that can hide or diminish the light that we are. 
the light that's wanting to be seen. So let's summon the courage. And if it means us running down the hall to do it, well then, uh, by means, let's do it. But let's be in community and hold space for one another. Because as we do our work individually, as we embrace the light and dark within us, it's then that we will be able to actually see and help others and face their darkness. It's then we'll be able to see the darkness in society instead of turning away and that we can make a meaningful difference, that we can be the change that we are seeking. So learning to release our fear, learning to not fear the darkness, let's make our way to those inner pieces, those bedrooms of rest and peace. Mm where we're living our lives out loud. Peace and love, everyone. Namaste. We hope that you enjoyed this audio recording. For more information about our center, please visit our website at www.concordiacsl.com. You can also visit us online at our Facebook page or our YouTube channel by searching for Concordia Center for Spiritual Living. If you're in the area, come join us at one of our Sunday celebration services. We'd love to welcome you there. Namaste and blessings.